Welcome all to the Pro Football Radio Podcast. This is your co-host, Jay Chima, with the pride and joy of Merrimack, New Hampshire 1, Dakuma. I'm so glad to have the uh, the high-pitched Dakuma back. I-, I needed that more in my life. What's up, brother? How you doing? Dude, I am uh, I'm doing great, sir. Um, we are back with Podcast 64. It's going to be a good one. So much has happened in the NFL. God, listen, uh, we're only at week seven, but week seven means we're but we're close to week eight, which means we're halfway through the NFL season, and already I'm not feeling so good about it, man. Dude, there's so much going on. The only way I can compare the NFL season uh, right now is it, it's like a, a locomotive train down down the railroad tracks out of control and you're kind of just holding on to the rails at the last car like for dear life like just trying to hang on that's that's what that's what the season as a whole is has felt like with all like the major injuries and the covid and you know certain teams drastically underperforming and some teams overachieving it's there's so much to to take in It, it is absolutely insane and you know, you say it all the time, Jay, and I'm going to steal your line this time. Like, the NFL is the ultimate reality TV show. Oh, yeah. Of course, man. Of course. It's like the the guy's version of Days of Our Lives, right? <laughs> yep. Exactly. Well, we are at Podcast 64. Um, this week, we're going to talk about the debacle that is the uh, Dallas Cowboys last night. Did you watch that? Oh, my God. I, I, at yeah. halftime, oh halftime at 21-0, I turned off and I went to sleep. I was like, I'm done. I'm tired. I don't want to deal with this anymore. So we'll talk about the Cowboys. We'll talk about the Buccaneers steamrolling the Packers. And then we're going to talk about the Patriots sucking massive peen as well. Um, and for that segment, we're actually going to bring on our buddy Burge again, uh, by, back by popular demand. The guy knocked out the ballpark last week, so it's going to be great to have him on here and get his takes on the Patriots as well. Oh, yeah. He had, he had a couple of hot takes screaming through Twitter on Sunday. I had to work, but I had the I had the Pats Broncos game on and oh, I bad. kept getting Twitter oh, I kept getting Twitter notifications from Burge and oh, uh, I know he's got an opinion or 50 on uh, on that performance. And oh, I know you do. Trust me you as do well. Too, it's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. But before we get all to that, sir, let's just let's catch up. How, how's my buddy Brendan Puma doing? I saw you got a uh, a new truck in the family. Is that correct, yep. sir? Yes, we did. Uh, Tara and I, we uh, we got a, a GMC uh, Sierra 2017. Dude, dope, bro. Dude, it's certified pre-owned. It's the Denali with the ultimate package. It's got everything in it and like 28,000 miles on the truck. And the whole story of how we came to the idea of getting the truck was about now, two weeks ago, we were watching Thursday Night Football. Mm-hmm. I think it was the Bears-Bucks game. Oh, don't tell me the advertising got you guys, huh? So we've been kicking around the idea of a truck for for months at this point, even before we moved to the new house. And we're just watching the pregame and a GMC commercial pops up. And out of nowhere, Tara kind of pops up off the couch and is like, we need a truck and it needs to be a GMC. I know how you feel about Dodge, hon, but it's got to be a GMC. It's like, I just said, I'm like, yes, ma'am. Okay. Like, it's it's a GMC. It is, you know, happy wife, happy life. And Is that a real no, thing? But, is that a real thing? I make it sound like she's she's like a, a, a prison warden. No, she no, she couldn't be the Tara. She's she couldn't amazing. be the nicest person. Uh, I, she's awesome. I, I love her to pieces. She's great. And... Uh, no, we, we went to the dealership the following day after we moved furniture around and we didn't kill each other in the process. And we went and 
it was the the second or third truck that we saw and she just looked and was like do we even need a new truck it's like nope certified pre-owned the way to go yep. and this yep. thing Twenty-eight thousand miles, one owner. The dealership was great, and no complaints. It does not drive like a truck. Mm-hmm. Like I had to get used to the braking because I'm used to a fucking three series where that can stop on a dime. Like this truck, you need to make sure you have the distance. But no, dude, dude. thing thing is so smooth, such a nice ride. Listen, in our lifetime, a lot of technologies have advanced, right? I mean, when we were younger, we had the little flip phone. Now we have like these computers in our uh, in our phones and these, you know, you know, the technology has advanced so well. But I, I do think the truck technology has also taken a massive leap forward, man, because like I remember the pickup trucks when I was younger were pieces of crap. Like you got in them and your spine was shattered. And nowadays you get into a pickup truck and these things are like luxury vehicles, man. It's insane. Oh, yeah, dude, it has everything. And. You know, the last time I was in a truck or, you know, owned one, uh, my dad, remember it clear as day, gray Dodge Ram 1988, no cab. It was just a bucket seat. And he did everything with this truck. And the stereo system, it was like a speaker in a wooden box. Mm. And whenever he was doing yard work, he would just open the truck up, take the speakers out, put them (laughs) on the hood of the truck. and, And that was it. And it's like, man, like that is such... A, f- a great leap forward with this because I mean you got Bluetooth, you have the navigation, you got OnStar, mm-hmm. you, you know everything. You dude. wouldn't know. You wouldn't know it was it was a pickup truck. Well, listen, dude. Like uh, I was driving by your work, and for people that don't know, I have to drive by Puma's work to go to my work, and and I was sitting in the parking lot. And first of all, dude, the color like spot on. You guys, you guys got the perfect color for that truck, mm-hmm. and the wheels also with that color just make it look so damn good, right? Yep, no, that was that was Tara's eyes. Mm. We we walked up and down the truck aisle or the truck lane, whatever the hell it was, and it was like the third or fourth one that she saw and she looked at it. We did the walk around, then she looked at me and was like, We don't need a new truck, right? I'm like, nope, nope, nope. no we don't. Certified pre owned the way to go. Yes, sir. Thirty uh, percent below uh, sticker uh price and uh, you get all the benefits of the extended warranty and everything fucking do certified yep. pre-owned man learn from the best aka jay no well, listen, <laughs> listen, i'm glad i'm happy for you guys man um great great stuff you know but before we bring on burge and we talk some football i gotta run one, one more thing by you all right what you got um when is the last time you had like a real nightmare man like a real like wake up in the middle of the night thinking what the fuck nightmare hmm it was at the old house. Mm. Probably had to have been six months ago. Yeah. Something like that. Well, I I just had one. And actually, you and Tara went in this one as well. Like, a couple of our friends were in it. But I had this nightmare about five nights ago. And I don't know what to make of it. But I essentially, like, in the nightmare, man, like, I lived in a world where tater tots didn't exist. Right? And, wait, and- wait, wait, Really? <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> Here I am expecting, like... Like, what happened? Like, did something blow up? Like, ultimate nightmare, we're all out of a job? Like, what the, like, what the hell? Like, no, no, tater tots, no, you have my like, attention, sir. No, it was like all of us hanging out. Like, you know, the friend circle was there. And I think we were, I think we're at Do Drop In. And I remember, oh, okay. and I remember. Now I understand the tater tots. Not, right. And I specifically remember asking for those tater tots with the cheese on and the bacon, right? Yep. And, and I remember the lady came back and she said, oh, I'm sorry, uh, we can't uh, we can't provide you with tater tots. And I'm like, oh, well, why not? Are you guys out of potatoes? Like, no, we can provide you with French fries and like other fries. The, just tater tots are outlawed. And I'm thinking to myself, tater tots are outlawed? What do you oh, mean? I can see the scene now. Oh, dude, you should have seen my dream. It was unbelievable, man. <laughs> 
and then I had like a 10 minute conversation with this lady and she's trying to explain to me how the government apparently outlawed tater tots and I'm thinking to myself bitch you've got potatoes back there just make them into tater tots <laughs> for those of you that don't know do drop in tater tots in, in uh, Derby Connecticut hands down some of the best tater tots you'll ever have ever have dude so i understand the nightmare dude and then like i I woke up like immediately afterwards and i was all like panicked and i'm like oh my god what is this like you know what the fuck just happened you know did you almost like call at midnight to order tater tots i had some the next day (laughs) from dewdrop no no no. i had some the next day from uh from the local restaurant down the road at the airport but uh, dude i cannot remember the last time i had such a freakish nightmare man Wow. I'm just glad we all lived. I, I was expecting, like, yo, Brandon, like, you got hit by a train. Like, you know, your, well, your, listen, your, name, to some is, your people, name is Eileen. You lost a leg. Like, Well, to some people, that's a scary nightmare for me. Tater Tots not being existent in this world. Dude, call, call it a nightmare for me, bro. I, I get it. Now I understand because those Tater Tots are freaking dope. Uh, all right. Okay. Without further ado, let's bring on our buddy, Burge. You know what? We should give this guy, you know, a a real title on the podcast. Like, maybe, like, Senior Patriots Contributor. What's your thoughts on that? I think so. Just Senior Contributor in general, man. He's like our Jason LaCanfora of of the pod. I mean, if we're, if we're nuts to nuts to the wall with, with our jobs, with the aviation gig that we got going on, like, I mean, not to say that Burge doesn't work. He busts his ass uh managing bedford airport like this dude is plugged into everything so he's like senior contributor at this point almost well we'll we'll bring him on in a few seconds we'll run that name by him senior contributor i think that has a good ring to it pro football radio senior contributor how about that (laughs) yeah or senior analyst some shit and without any further ado from nashua new hampshire the pro football radio nfl senior contributor burge is back on the show sir how are you I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Good to be back. Doing good, man. We, you know, we, we loved you so much the first time we had to get you back. I feel honored. <laughs> uh, Burch, how you been, man? Uh, you've been good. You've been taking in the NFL action. Oh yeah. Dude, watching the, uh, watching the games this weekend, a lot went on. Been yeah. uh, getting antsy to talk about it. Cool. Cool. <laughs> All right. So we're going to jump into, uh, and I gave the, uh, the people a rundown as well, but I'll give it to you as well. We'll, we'll talk about the Cowboys real, quick, Cowboys real quick and how much they suck. We'll talk about the Buccaneers being the Packers, jump into the Patriots, and I'm sure we'll have a lot to talk about that. And then steamroll right into the week seven um, Patriots matchup with the 49ers and all the other, other the games as well. So you ready to do this? Let's roll. All right, so for those of you that actually watched all of the Monday Night Football game, uh, I did not because I was gone at halftime at 21-0. I was gone. But I truly cannot remember the Cowboys looking any worse. What did you guys think of that game last night? Oh, it was, it was hot garbage, man. I watched the whole game only because, one, it's 2020 and all bets are off, and two, maybe the, uh, the 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 Arizona Cardinals found their inner uh, Atlanta Falcons and we're gonna blow a lead because I may or may not have had Dallas part of a teaser bet and teased them up to plus eight and uh, they laid a fucking egg uh, no they dude it was it was brutal like the quarterback play was a problem but it was not the problem last night there were so many issues on the field that it, it was ridiculous. I haven't seen a Dallas Cowboys team this bad since I was a kid. Like, ever. Like, since I was a child, they have not been this bad. Dude, I'm right there with you. Um, 
quarterback prob, uh, play was definitely a problem. You know, Dalton definitely looked rusty. Didn't look didn't look comfortable in there. But he's not the reason they lost that game. I mean, this game got blown wide open with Zeke Elliott putting the ball on the ground twice. Yeah. You, yeah. you know, I mean, you got to count on him when you, you lose a guy like Dak Prescott. You're going to count on Zeke, your, your stud running back, your bell cow, to carry your team with him being out. And he just didn't do that last night and opened the door. And the Cardinals and that offense, you know, I've always been uh, pretty high on them this year. And um, last night looked like a coming out party for them. Well, here's my problem, right? And, and I heard this quite a bit when Dak Prescott got hurt that, well, listen, now they can run the ball more. Now they'll be the old school Cowboys. And I was thinking to myself, that's so stupid because that defense is going to put them in the hole. Within within the second quarter, within by halftime, they're down 21-0. And at that point, they're out of their game plan and running the ball immediately. And now you're trying to lean on Andy Dalton to bring you back, which obviously is not going to work out. So there's more problems than just the... the uh, the offense, man, uh, that defense is horrendous, and I don't know how you fix it. I'm looking at this team. They spent the money in all the wrong spots. They put it on on and Zeke. They put it on the uh, wide receiver group, and they decided to neglect the, uh, the the secondary, especially with the safety. That's where a lot of the issues are coming out of. And, and I and I truly don't think that the Cowboys have a way of turning the season around. I think this is over for them. You might as well, you know, essentially, you know, play for a better um, better draft position at this point. I mean, they might. They might. Somebody has to win the NFC East, so like well, they they might win it. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, but Jay, like at at one like this game easily could have been sixty something to ten mm-hmm. if they hit Andy Isabella on those two deep throws in the first quarter. Like Dude. this could have been a. It was already over in the first quarter, but this could have been 60-plus points. Well, the fact that Kyler Murray only completed, what, like 9 or 10 passes for 180 (laughs) yards? Like, I mean, what is that? That's insane. Like, it's – oh, my God. It's so bad. And, like, they let Byron Jones walk. And, I mean, this – like, this offensive line, like, I'm with you. Dalton looked bad. But, like – what quarterback could succeed behind that offensive line last night? Like Travis Frederick retired. Uh, Zach Martin uh, goes out with a concussion. They have two undrafted rookies and then like a, a, a undrafted uh, free free agent uh, filling in for Zach Martin who couldn't beat the other two out. And it's just this offense is so – that offensive line is so bad. And at one point last night after the second fumble, I'm yelling to the TV for somebody to just cut the friggin' sleeves – off of Ezekiel Elliott's arms, oh and maybe he'll hold the friggin' football last night. Dude, what's happened to Zeke? My God. I don't know, Birds. I mean, what do you think's wrong with I Zeke? Mean, he, I mean, I mean, last night. I mean, he's been he's been pretty consistent this year outside of last night. I mean, I mean, I I watched purely last night from more so a fantasy perspective than anything else. Um, I had Christian Kirk on my team, hoping to kind of pad my uh, pad my win this week. But uh, good, good, good on you. Good yeah, right. <laughs> two receptions, 86 yards, two touchdowns. I'll take that. I'll take that all day. <laughs> no, and I, I'm also trying to trade for Zeke in one of my leagues. So you know, I, they, I think the Dallas offense will come around. They won't be anything what they were. Yeah, listen. Um, and I was thinking about this last night, and and I'm going to pose this question to the both of you. I, I think we can firmly say that the. The Jets are the worst team in the NFL, right? I think we can agree on that, right? 
And I think the yes. second worst team, in my opinion, is the Giants. But I think third is the Cowboys. Like, they're right there for being one of the worst teams in the NFL. You think they're worse oh, than yeah. the Eagles? I think so because the Eagles are just hurt. I truly believe deep down the Eagles went toe-to-toe with the Ravens yesterday. I mean, they only lost by two Fair. points against the Ravens while the, the Cowboys are getting blown out and not even looking like a team. Because mm-hmm. at one point, that Eagles team had the Ravens on the ropes. They, I yep. mean, if, and outside they're playing of a, with a bad guys, What's outside up? of a bad two-point conversion call on that, they they tie that game. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That play call, I, you watch that was just a dumpster fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what? Do you, uh, so what about you, Prima? You think the the Cowboys? How bad do you think they're uh, ranked? Oh, they're right there. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you know, you had reports today from Gene Slater of NFL mm-hmm. Media. Uh, there were leaks coming out that the players have already checked out on this coaching staff. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. They, they, they said the, the coaching, uh, they're not teaching anything. They're not dialed into games. They're not adjusting on the fly. And we're going into week seven. They're, they're in the middle of a maelstrom, and it's already like rats fleeing from a sinking ship. I listened to the Jerry Jones radio interview today. How was on, that? Uh, I mean, it's he didn't really go scorched earth. Like, I thought he was going to come out there and bury people. The way I took his presser uh, on the radio today was he is going to make it make the Mike McCarthy marriage work because he has to be in the right all the time. Like, he can't just admit that he screwed up. That's why Jason Garrett was there for a decade and they were they, they underachieved under that. But, I mean, Mike Nolan, I don't understand that hire. He hasn't been a defensive coordinator in six years. He doesn't seem in tune with anything. Uh, the secondary, they let Byron Jones walk. They haven't filled anything in uh, short of Trayvon Diggs, who had a great game week one and has kind of been nowhere to be found uh, the rest of the games this year. It, 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 the offensive play calling for Mike McCarthy's head scratching. They're down 20 points last night and they're settling for field goals in the red zone. It's like, dude, at this point, I would have more respect for you if you just said, fuck it. And we're just going to go for it. We're in four down territory at this point. We're getting blown out at home. Like something has to happen. We're going to get a spark somehow. You can't just keep settling for field goals. This is, you know, what? they might, they might lose to Washington this mm-hmm. weekend. Like their mm-hmm. offensive line is that bad. That they might lose to Washington, generate a, a strip sack, fumble, score a touchdown, and have short fields for a, a, an anemic offense for Washington. They could win that game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, in regards to Mike McCarthy himself, I, I didn't understand the hiring because a lot of this NFL is moving towards the young, sexy, you know, coaches like the McVeighs or the Kyle Shanahan's that are offensive geniuses. And then you decide to go bring in this dinosaur from like the olden era. Like, and this just speaks to, you know, Jerry Jones and who he is and how he likes, you know, Mike McCarthy and he stayed at his house and blah, blah, blah. But you can just tell Mike McCarthy is not that new age coach. He's not about evolving. He's not about getting better. Like in his press conferences, when he first came on board, I like the first few, like uh, first few press conferences I heard, like you can tell he kind of like memorized a little bit of jargon about analytics and he just kind of repeated that back to the media like trying to fool us but like deep down i know who he is he's a dinosaur and you see that in his play calling and his offense has mike mccarthy was he in green bay with brett Favre? um just the aaron Rodgers show Towards the tail end, I think he had the last two years, and then he had Rodgers, and he was the head coach that famously said, 
when Brett Favre was trying to come back that the train has left the station. And that's when he <laughs> yeah. doubled down on, on A-Rod. Yeah. And, and listen, and he was proven right for a while. He did win that one Super Bowl. But I do believe that he also was part of the reason Aaron Rodgers and that Packers um, team never became a true dynasty because, Mm -hmm. you know, we heard all the rumblings after that Super Bowl when they won over the Steelers and, you know, Aaron Rodgers was like three years starting and he got his first Super Bowl. They were supposed to be the next, you know, dynasty. They were supposed to be the next Patriots. And, but I do believe his coaching style and the uh, not being, not being, you know, smart enough to maneuver and progress throughout the NFL is one of the reasons that that uh, dynasty never panned out. Well, I mean, in 2011, the year after they won the Super Bowl, they went 15-1 and one mm-hmm. with the Packers. Yeah, but they and lost, they the lost playoffs, in the right? divisional round to none other than the New York Giants. Yeah. Jay, you and I know how that season ended up. Yeah, that's a yep. sore subject, man. <laughs> I don't know. All I know is I hope Mike McCarthy cut Tom Pelissero a fat check last year in the offseason when, I don't know if you guys remember this, but Pelissero did a sit-down interview with Mike McCarthy about his, what he's been doing since he got fired from Green Bay. And McCarthy was, you know, he, he conned everybody into saying how he's going back into the film room with former head coaches and embracing analytics and yep. blah, blah, blah. Yep. Like, dude, he, let's let's just call a spade a spade. He pulled a Adam Gase. And he, <laughs> and he conned, he conned Jerry World yep. into hiring mm-hmm. him by using a few buzzwords. Mm-hmm. And everything that he's done play call wise since week Dude, one has, can... has gone in the opposite way of what analyt- analytics tells you to do. Brendan, I can smell bullshit, man. I can just, we've watched enough football. We've we've heard enough coaches speak. I can tell bullshit because, well, I'm a bullshitter myself. I'm a salesperson by heart. I bullshitted <laughs> my way through college. I know what he's doing. He was up the night before t- taking in the spark notes of analytics, and then he repeated five jargon words in his press conference trying to fool all of us. You're not fooling me, McCarthy. Yeah. I don't know, man. I just hope Tom Pelissero got paid. <laughs> like, seriously, seriously, when we're done, find it on YouTube or something. Like, it was a great interview. Mm-hmm. I he, I hope he got a cut of that contract that he got from Jerry World, man. Mm. All right, let's move on to the Buccaneers, the uh, the game of the week for Fox. Um, listen, it wasn't much of a game. Oh, no, my God. For a while it was, there. It was over Oof. after halfway through the first quarter. Well, it was over probably around halftime when it was 28-10 and the rest was just filler. But listen, the Packers came out hot. They came out hot 10-0. And uh, after Aaron Rodgers did the, the Crinkleberry dance, is that what it is? Is that what Crinkle, he's supposed to McCrinkleberry like, what from is that? Key and Peele. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a skip from Key and Peele. Regardless, uh. whatever he did looked foolish, embarrassed himself. And the next play, he threw a pick six, and it was basically game over at that point. Um, the, uh, the the Buccaneers ended up winning 38-10. And, and you know, I go into this game, pegged this as a contender or pretender game for the Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. And I do believe they're contender, contenders coming out of this game, man. And, and the reason why is because that defense is fucking legit, man. That front seven and that linebacker duo between Devin White and uh, Levante David, man, those guys I think are the best one-two combo for linebackers in the NFL. Um, after that pick six, the offense started rolling as well. And you started seeing 
I hate to say this, a little bit of the old Gronk coming back out, man. Gronk looked really good for <laughs> this game. It. I think he looked good. He had 80 yards. He wasn't running like he was in cement. He was pulling away from DBs. I know it's just a small sample size. It's one game. But listen, he looked good, man. And I think this could be the beginning of hopefully getting that uh, back on track for, for Brady and, uh, and and Gronk. But the biggest thing, the biggest thing that was the, the reason why they blew out the Packers besides the defense playing well was the fact that they didn't kill themselves. They didn't have any penalties. There was Zero sacks, um, zero penalties, and zero um, interceptions or turnovers by the uh, by the offense, and it looked absolutely flawless. So, the the Buccaneers are for real, man. They're only going to start getting better and better. I, I fear it for the rest of the NFL. And the last thing I'll say on this is, you know, in life, you know, there there are times where you get instant gratification. And I got pure instant gratification on Sunday after Jamal Williams, the piece <laughs> of shit running back for the Packers that didn't even see the field much, decided to go after the GOAT talking about my quarterback knows how many blah, 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 blah. Well, do you know how many touchdowns you lost by? Four. Four fucking touchdowns, Jamal Williams. Shut your ass up and don't fucking talk again, all right? I'm done. Wow. <laughs> I can't. I gotta. I gotta pause for for effect. Yeah. <laughs> you, no, have no you have no Ed idea. You have no idea. You have no idea how great I felt Sunday. I, it was absolutely awesome. The fact that we won by four touchdowns. It was awesome. Loved it. We, Loved it so much. We. We. Oh, it's a we, baby. Uh, it's a oh, we. Oh, here we go. <laughs> I mean, I'll say this much about about uh about the the Brady bunch over there. Uh, he he finally had the band back together. Did yep. Mike Mike Evans played? I, uh, Scotty Miller was, was was active. I think Leonard Fournette was out with the ankle injury, but with Ronald Jones and was Chris Godwin active? He was. Like, was he was. He, he played a little bit, but okay. he went out again. Okay. And they're still hurt, man. This team still seems to be banged up left and right. Um, besides Ronald Jones, Tom Brady, and Gronk, like everybody else seems to be hurt or banged up and out of the lineup. Even Mike Evans was still a little gimpy on Sunday. So it's still a healing process for that team. Yeah. And I'll say this much too. And I think, Burge, you're probably going to want to try. You have a hot take on A Rod as well. Uh, yes, that defense was lights out. It didn't help that Bakhtari went out with a, with an injury. I think he's done for the season on that offensive line for the Packers. But, I mean, let's be honest. A-Rod looked like he quit on that team mm-hmm. after the first quarter. Mm-hmm. And he he was pouting the whole time. He he looked like he didn't want to be there. He was talking a bunch of shit to Ndamukong and Sue when they're down, like, two scores at that point. And, it, it, you know, it's moments like that where you see – stuff like that on the field and you can see why the upper management and Matt LaFleur mm-hmm. pulled the trigger and got Jordan Love in the draft. Yeah. Listen, I was very and Burge I'll let you jump in here in a second, but I was very disheartened at what I saw out of Aaron Rodgers because, you know, a good quarterback, yes, I understand. He threw a pick six, and he he ended up throwing a second one as well. I mean, yeah, he stopped uh, the defenders to have a two-yard line, but that might as well have been two pick sixes. I understand that. It happens. But the great ones, I mean, Tom Brady built his whole career off of coming back under the pressure when they're down or not, 23 in the Super Bowl or down 10 in the Seattle Super Bowl, whatever it is. I just could not believe that Aaron Rodgers kind of packed it up and went home and essentially was like, yeah, I'm, I'm out. I'm not going to take this risk here. We're already done. We're already out. I'm, I'm gun-shy now. I'm really not gonna you know make that throw or try to attempt that throw so i was really disappointed in what i saw out of Aaron Rodgers being in that pressure pack situation you know jay we talked about this last week i am having trouble rooting for the tampa bay buccaneers mm-hmm. 
So watching this game was kind of like a lose-lose for me. I didn't want either team to win. But I will tell I you, I got, a ton, stadium. <laughs> I got a ton of satisfaction seeing those picks mm-hmm. after that stupid touchdown celebration. Oh, my God. I hated it so much. That, like, oh, my God. I'm dude, like, dude, what the you? hell are you doing? What the fuck are, who are you? Like, shut the fuck up. It wasn't up. even a touchdown. It yeah, got called back, dumb. and they ended up having to run. I think um, I think uh, Jamal Williams ended up running it in, or, or Aaron Jones. One of the two yeah, of them ran it Yeah, I think it was Aaron in. Jones. Yep. But, like, what are you what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Like, you're you're in a game that's going to have long-term implications on their season. It could very well come down to a one-versus-two seed. And you're, you're making an ass out of yourself doing that. And then, you know, we, he's got all sorts of problems. You know, you've, you've heard it coming out of Green Bay. Like, he, him and McCarthy obviously clashed at the end. And he just, he just seems like kind of a scumbag as a person. Would you guys agree with that? Oh, who, my God. Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, Aaron Rodgers. Like, I, I wouldn't want to play for him. Well, like, if we're talking about, like, on the field or off the field, because there was rumblings about how he was a scumbag towards Danica Patrick. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, just, I understand what you're saying. I do understand what you're saying. You know, very condescending, not a real yeah. leader. Like, you know, I understand that, you know, Tom Brady yelled at his guys on, on Thursday, but f- from everything you hear about Tom Brady and the, and the people that play with them, like, they, they talk the world about him. And, and I hear a lot of but, chatter coming out of Green Bay and especially the 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 articles that kind of point the finger at him how he's always condescending he's not a real leader so I do see what you're saying in that regard like Tom Brady wins though mm-hmm. so he, he he's afforded that that latitude to be able to get angry and to yell on the sideline he's won the Super Bowl six times all right he's been to um, nine. nine I think yep. yeah mm-hmm. thank you <laughs> I don't like to think about those losses um, <laughs> but like He's earned that right to be able to to, to chew out players on the sideline. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers has won one Super Bowl, and every time he gets in the playoffs, they fall apart. Mm-hmm. Yep, I, I think he has a losing record in the playoffs, if I'm not correct. I, I think so to too. It's yeah, close. I have to look that up, but yeah. yeah, it just seems like I mean, you know, every time that you know, I look back to when the the Patriots played the Seahawks. I mm-hmm. mean, they were. They were they were a play away from playing the Packers in that Super Bowl. Yep. Yeah, it looks like just, his record is just, eight and ten in the playoffs. Eight and ten. Yeah. He's and just, you want to talk he's about like poster, loser? Yeah, but you want to talk about like the poster child of like icing out wide receivers if they have a drop? Like, look at him. You can see it last year. I think when they were in. Jay, I think they came up to Foxborough, right? Green Bay made a road trip last year and came up there. Or maybe it was the year before. The year before. And, he, and he tried to he tried to hit Equiminius St. Brown uh going down the seam and he dropped it and he never looked his way the rest of the game. And like St. Brown dropped it because McCarthy was calling in one play and in the huddle Aaron Rodgers freelance and was like, mm-hmm. Nope, we're not doing it, you're running it this way, and yep. it, it's that or the other thing. And no, I it's hard because now he's their second place in the NFC, the NFC North to, I still think, a, a quasi-fraudulent Chicago Bears team. And that loss to Tampa Bay is probably going to bite them in the ass, like Burge said, come playoff time. Like, that division might come down to week 16 or 17 whenever they play the Chicago Bears to end the season. It's – it's well, like – let's uh, let's wrap this up and let me pose a question before we move on to the Patriots to both of you. Where do you think Aaron Rodgers is playing next year? Um, is it in Green Bay? And if not in Green Bay, where do you project that, whether it's a Denver or wherever else? Bridge, you got oh, first I think he's, 
I think I think he's in Green Bay next year. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I have a hard time thinking they're going to go to a second-year quarterback off the bat. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you see a lot of these these rookies come in and they end up flopping. Um, I think another year sitting behind. You know, say what you want about Rodgers. He's a great quarterback. I don't put him in the discussion as the greatest of all time, but he's a great quarterback and it's someone that you can sit behind and at least from a football sense learn learn the system, learn how to learn how to be a pro quarterback. I have a hard time seeing them move on. I don't I'm not I'm not sure off the top of my head what Rogers contract situation is. That's the thing, um, is even if they wanted to, they couldn't afford to cut I, him. It'd be like a twenty five million dollar cap hit next year. I don't think they'd end up cutting him. I think they'd be able to trade him and they, they right. wouldn't have any problems doing that. But right. I, I, I foresee him being in Green Bay next year and if he's not, I'll be I'll be honestly I'll be stunned. Okay. Yeah, no, I think he's in Green Bay. They, even if they try to trade him, it's still a $25 million cap hit. There's no way they could afford to do that, especially when they want to try to extend Aaron Jones. All right, cool, cool. Well, that about wraps it up for the Packers and the Buccaneers. Anything else you guys want to get to before we talk about the Patriots? Are they contenders the or pretenders? Real quick, I mean, I think Green Bay, pretenders? I think they're contenders, man. At this point, you have to. I mean, when you're mm-hmm. 4-1 and you're up at the top of the NFC, like, yeah, it's a bad loss, and I understand that. They got their teeth kicked in, and essentially anytime they play a team with a good front seven, whether it's the Buccaneers or the 49ers like last year, they get their teeth kicked in. So I, I understand that aspect of it as well. But as of right now, 4-1, and one, you've got to give them the respect of their record, man. I'm there with you. I think they're contenders. I think they'll, uh, they're, they're poised to make a deep playoff run. If, if if they can get out of their losing ways in the playoffs with Randy Rogers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's talk about the Patriots. Um, boy, that was, you guys uh, got the floor. Uh, I'm just going to sit back and, and enjoy. Well, well, it was, uh, it was probably one of the worst Patriot games I've seen. Uh, ended up being 18, 12. And since we're gracious, uh, hosts, we're going to turn it over to our guest and I'm gonna give you the floor first Burge, while I, while I collect my thoughts and figure out how I want to rail this Patriots team today. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, you can start with – I'll start with a little bit of a positive. And it, for me, it's a positive. Jay, you may not agree. But anytime your defense holds a team without a touchdown, mm-hmm. I don't care if you give up seven field goals, six field goals like the Patriots did. I don't care. You win that game. Mm-hmm. That defense did their job. Yes, you would have liked to have seen um, – I think there was a third and 21 play that they gave up um, with McCourty and, and J.C. Jackson that came out of nowhere that was – really disheartening to see but i'm i'm of the mindset if your defense is holding every is bending and but not breaking and giving up six points that you should win the game i will i will agree to that before we go to the offense i will agree to the defense being um really good but the red zone defense is being the red red zone defense is what was really great for me in my eyes right um i Mm -hmm. do think the broncos saw something on tape that they liked in the secondary that they wanted to exploit because drew lock was looking deep and looking deep often um so I do believe for the most part the red zone defense played well because they didn't break, but they did bend quite a bit. Um, mm-hmm. So it's 50-50 for me on that regards. It kind of kind of reminds you of like the mid, like early 2010 mm-hmm. Patriot defenses yep. where, yep. you know, they'd have this elite offense with Brady and Gronk. And you know, I think even Randy Moss was in it at one point, but they, they would, the offense would just score, 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 but the defense would just keep bending and bending and bending but giving up touchdowns and then they'd end up losing some games they should have won because the defense bent a little too much mm-hmm. um but you gotta agree on on the defensive side again jonathan jones had a hell of a game yes he did they targeted he, him they targeted him quite a bit uh, but he he stood his ground man he he played unbelievable and um 
I was very happy to see that. I was not happy with Jason McCourty's performance. Mm-hmm. I thought he looked he looked old, mm-hmm. thirty three yeah. years old. Um, Plus the but, front seven didn't get much pressure on on Drew Lock as well for most of the day. Like mm-hmm. Chase Winovich flashed for a couple plays here and there, but for the most part, that front seven had absolutely nothing, nothing, no pressure at all. Right, and that that's a problem. That's you get you get that time. You're gonna you're gonna end up finding holes, even if your secondary is elite. You're gonna find holes if you have time to you know sit back there and all day and look around, and go through your reads and pr- progressions. You're gonna find something. It's just gonna happen. Yeah. On the other but, end, the offense. I mean, as bad as the defense was, I, I think the offense was was absolutely horrendous. And and I don't know where to start, man. Let's. I guess let's start with, I guess Cam Newton. I, I think this game is on Cam Newton. I, I do believe the offense as a whole played pretty bad, but I do think Cam Newton only exacerbated the situation uh, uh, more than it should have been, man. The guy holds on to the ball way too long. I don't know what he's looking at downfield. Obviously, we don't have the all 22 to review what's happening downfield, but it seems like Cam Newen uh, isn't um, isn't throwing to get his receivers open. He's throwing to a spot, if that makes sense. He's just waiting mm-hmm. and waiting for that spot, but he does not throw anybody open. And that's something that I didn't expect to see out of Cam, especially this late into the season. Um, if I had to grade this, I think this is probably the worst Cam Newen game I've seen as a Patriot or a Panther. Do you agree with that? I, I would agree with that. And yeah. um, you, you, I've heard, you know, I've been listening to a lot of talk radio the last couple of days. And well, how was Boston up with treating them? I, <laughs> I mean, you listen, you listen to a lot of the people that call into these shows and it's all about, oh, he's got no one to throw to. That's why he's sitting back there all the time. Nobody's getting open for him. You know, I don't care if no one's getting open for him. Get the hell out of the pocket. Mm-hmm. He's got legs for a reason. Scramble out. Like he, 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 he forgot how to scramble for the first three quarters of that game. And then in the fourth quarter, when they when he finally started doing it, they started moving the ball. Mm-hmm. Yep. I was now, just so glad he jumped on a fumble. <laughs> yeah, that was nice. Yeah. <laughs> now now Burge, I, I will I will say that a lot of those idiots that call in and just want to blame it on the wide receivers. I do, I do believe a lot of them don't have a clue about what they're talking about because Agreed. there were times that Cam Newton had those had those guys uh, open and he just didn't make a good pass, right? But but there is some truth. There's a little bit of truth to just how bad our weapons are, man. Um, and the question I'll pose to you is, besides Cam Newton, do you think any of our starters would have started for the Broncos? Because you look across the field and you got Noah Fant. You've got Jerry Judy. You've got some premier talent. The Philip Lindsay and mm-hmm. Melvin Gordon is not even on the field right now. But, I mean, there's some premier talent on just a 2-1-3 Broncos sideline. Do you think anybody on our offense, besides Cam Newton, would be able to start on that offense? I mean, that's that's a tough question. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about it right now. And and I don't think I, I mean, don't think there is. I really don't think there is, man. Especially I mean, Edelman's, well- a shell, Edelman's a shell of Oh, he's done. Now. He's done. He's done, man. Um, you know, and I'm thinking... You know, the, the weapons for, for Denver looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was scheme built in by the Denver coaching staff or what. But That's just speed. Obviously we know You're what... seeing speed right there. Yep. I'll agree with you there. And, you know, but I think I, – I watched some, some – somebody on Twitter today broke down a couple of these passes um, that Cam made that basically proved that it was not the weapons. And it's more so on Cam – going through his progressions and taking too long to go through his, you know, his reads on this. Um, I'll, I'll share it with you, you know, off the air, but you know, there were some of these situations where I think there was one play with 
Devin Asiasi, or Asiasi, I don't know how you pronounce his name, but he, he ended up coming across the flat and was wide open, but Cam didn't even Cam didn't even see him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know if that you can chalk as much of it up to not practicing as, as you want. I don't put much faith, uh, much stock in that because, you know, you look at what the Tennessee Titans did. They hadn't practiced for 16 days. They come out and they steamroll an undefeated team. I'll push back on that because I think we're a completely different team than the Tennessee Titans. I do believe our offense needs reps and structure and just needs Mm -hmm. that practice to to get our offense in sync. I do believe uh, the... um, the Tennessee Titans have more talent than us in the middle. They've been, you know, Ryan Town's been their quarterback for longer than Cam Newton has been our quarterback. So I think there's some continuity there, and obviously their talent wins out. When our team is not as talented, I mean, obviously I, we're not blaming the the receivers today, but I do believe we're not as talented as most NFL teams in regards to talent. We have to win by scheme and doing it the right way and making sure everything lines up properly. You know what I'm saying? Nope, I'm I'm, I'm with you 100 on that, and. You, you know, everybody, like, I mean, we talked about it last week about how Cam Newton had played that game against the Chiefs. They would have won that game. We saw a lot of bad quarterback play again this week with Cam actually in there. And, you know, we're not, we I haven't even touched on this yet, but that offensive line, the patchwork that they had to go Oof, through. Yikes. Isaiah went had a bad day. Oh my he God. had a very bad day. Oof, yikes. And, but it, it's going to be nice if we can get some of these guys back and hopefully. Hopefully, you know, we're seeing the worst of the Patriots now like we do early in the seasons. Every, You know, it's a typical yeah. of a Bill Belichick team. You see it September, October. They they lose some games they probably should win, and then they hit the ground running November, December, and they go on a right, run. Let's, let's, and I was thinking about this today when I was driving to work. Let's take stock of what we've seen so far in, in the uh, the five games so far for the Patriots, right? We're going to disregard the, the Chiefs game completely because, obviously, that's not something that Cam yeah. was involved in. Let's start with the Miami Dolphins. We ran the fuck out of the ball. We did not throw the ball. In the Seattle Seahawks game, we ran the fuck out of the ball in the first half, and we were forced to throw when the the Seahawks were up big and they started playing a, a more spongier, softer defense, right? Yep. We played the Raiders. Cam didn't look that good either. He didn't play against the Chiefs, and then he looked like crap against um, against the um, – the Broncos. And what I'm trying to get at is I think besides a quarter and a half against the Seahawks, this offense has looked bad. Like I, I truly cannot give besides a running game for a few quarters here and there as well. I don't see besides a quarter and a half, this offense being productive on a, uh, on a high level. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. Go ahead, Brando. No, I was going to say, I mean, just to chime in, my one contributing thing to this segment <laughs> is, I mean, we, we've seen it in the offseason that they're, yeah, jo, you know, Josh McDaniels is one of the, the better offensive coordinators in probably the, the history of the NFL uh, and is a timing-based mm-hmm. offense. But we've seen with the moves that, you know, Big Bill has done in the offseason, they want to be a power-running team. And they could run all over Miami if – I know we're throwing the, the Chiefs game out – but I think they could have run all over, uh, all over the Chiefs with Cam Newton back there. Vegas shut the run down a little bit. Seattle, they were a sieve in the first half. But Denver, the one thing that they were good at, even without Vaughn Miller, was shutting the run down. And they made Cam be a quarterback with weapons that can't get separation, like at all. Like I, I know Jay, you you love to bury Nikhil Harry, uh, but I mean nobody could get separation. Edelman just. He's going to be a salary cap casualty. I think this is going to be the blueprint now moving forward, especially in a very tight AFC East now where everybody's within a game or a game and a half of the division lead with the Buffalo Bills. Like, 
these defenses aren't really slouches. The Dolphins defense can, is an amoeba. I think they're going to start clicking towards the end of the season like they did last year. And they're just going to make Cam be a quarterback. And he looked lackadaisical on his dropbacks just mm-hmm. waiting for people mm-hmm. to get open. And it was never happening. Yeah. This was a game that was built for Tom Brady as a quarterback where it was about precision, precise throws, being on, um, being ahead of schedule on the downs, uh, playing the old Patriots system. This is this is Cam Newton in that system trying to make it work, and it's not working because we've always had pretty below substandard um, talent at the wide receiver position. Like besides Gronk and Randy Moss, when's the last time we drafted a a high you know offensive weapon for Tom Brady? And even when we brought in you know people like a Chad Okochinko or, or Mohamed Sanu, it, it doesn't really work out. But what's happening now is you're seeing this offense demand a precise quarterback that keeps you ahead of the downs, and Cam Newton doesn't do that, right? Cam Newton looks for the home run ball he tries to run he doesn't do those little five six yard passes here and there you know mm-hmm. so piggybacking off what you said would you agree what their identity is on offense is power run at this i point? don't know what it is i have no idea i mean i have no idea we should know by now but i mean there's games where they run well there's games they don't run well there's a quarter and a half where they pass the ball well there's a court there's a game where they rely on cameroon just to run it himself i mean i i really don't know i have no idea man I mean, it's tough. I, you know, I mean, they got a big test coming up. We're going to get into it a little bit later, but you know, they're they're more or less in must win territory at this point. We are. And and I do believe, uh, you know, it's nothing to overreact. And I do believe that COVID had something to do with this as well. And I do believe that the, the Patriots will beat the 49ers this week. The one thing I want to say before we move on to that is what I heard from most of the players after the game and the, and Bill Belichick himself was a lot of blaming it on COVID, and, and that's something I've mm-hmm. never seen before, and it's something that the old Patriots would have never done. But there was well, they lot... never had to deal with a pandemic. I understand that, but there was issues in the past where people weren't around and suspensions and this and that. We never use excuses. We always, we always never made excuses for anything. And I understand the pandemic is different. Pandemic is different, but. I just didn't like what I heard from a lot of the players. A lot of, you know, woe is me and, you know, Mm -hmm. a lot of just negative energy. And a lot of that could be seen on the field. Like, there was times that I looked on the field and I was like, do they want to be out there today? Like, what are they doing? Mm -hmm. And it looks like they didn't want to be out there. And you look across the the league to the Titans who were out for how many games, right? And they sort of embraced this villainous, you know, we're going to go ahead and use the COVID thing as a call, you know, blame us, blah, blah. And they came out and played really well. It's just two different mindsets that I haven't ever seen before in the Patriots where there's a lot of blaming and not really wanting to be on the on the field kind of thing. You feel me? I'm trying to get up right here or no? I, I think Bill is uh, is definitely been impacted by this a lot. And obviously, you know, with the attitude of an organization, it comes from the top down. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think him not being able to actually hold a practice is, is, is kind of getting to him a little bit. And I'd like to hope that they've got this thing under control within within the building and that this week we're going to see, you know, a full week of practice. But, you know, I I, I, I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it comes from the top down. And I think I think Bill is is feeling it right now. Okay. Well, speaking of that, let's talk about this upcoming game against the Patriots versus the 49ers. Brandon, we'll turn it over to you to get your thoughts on this first. Who do you think is going to win this game, sir? I mean, if if the I was expecting New England to roll the Denver Broncos, I, I practice or no practice, I thought they were just going to handle their business. And then watching the 49ers on Sunday Night Football basically just demolish uh, the the LA Rams, 
Um, I'm, I'm going to go with the 49ers in this game. It looked like, you know, uh, they, they went they, they went back to the well. They went with the power. They, they went with more of a run game. They took a little bit more off of Jimmy G's play, not to, to slight him, but they also put Jimmy G in positions where it's the, the ball's out of his hands within two seconds of getting the snap. And everything was short, quick. Debo Samuel, you get that kid in space, and he's an absolute beast. I think... Uh, he was getting like what, like almost 20 yards after the catch. After every time he touched the ball, uh, I think Jimmy G threw for almost 260 yards, 240 of which were after the after the catch. Uh, but you know, Debo Samuel's a savage in space. Brandon Ayuk is really coming into his own now. Mm-hmm. Uh, now that he's actually getting more reps with this team, coming off of the hamstring issue, he's going to be a beast in space. It, you know, Rob Gronkowski. I think he's the best tight. Not Rob Gronkowski. Jesus Christ, <laughs> George Kittle. See, I mixed up in my mind. I remembered that Bill basically compared Kittle to Gronk. Um, Bill basically but, uh, made out with George Kittle via the press conference. But he's he not did, wrong. He oh I mean, God. Kittle, like, dude, can you stop sucking Kittle's peen for a second? Jesus Christ. Like Kittle, <laughs> Kittle is one of the the better blocking tight ends in the league right now. And he is, he's uh, like, you know, Johnny a, do everything. Yeah, he's a good blocking tight end, but he's nowhere near what, what you know, Gronk was his first three years, man. This is three years in for Kittle. He has like, what, 20 touchdowns. Three years in, Rob Gronkowski had 38 touchdowns. Like, I mean, it's not even close. No, I'm, I'm talking, Jay. I, just because people compare him to Gronk isn't a slight to Gronkowski. Oh, it's a big time slight. It, it, it is. He is. He is one of the best tight ends in the league. Like he's a better blocking tight end than than Travis Kelsey. I just I have, can't get the. I just can't get past the Joe Dirt face. That's what it is for me, man. I just can't do whatever. It. <laughs> Regard, regardless of the fact, he is incredible in space. He's great at run blocking. He isn't a slouch either. They could use him in the run game as well too. And Kyle Juszczyk coming out of the backfield on a wheel route. Uh, I think this defense is going to have their hands full. I'm going with uh, with the 49ers. The 49ers are only two-and-a-half-point underdogs. Mm. Um, I, I After seeing that game on Sunday, I don't really buy it. Um, and that defense, I think they're going to have their way even without Nick Bosa uh, done for the season. Eric Armstead and Sh- uh, Shane Verrett in the secondary. If you can get Shane Verrett like that in this game – Against the offensive side of the football for New England that can't get separation. Uh uh-uh. uh. Give me all of the 49ers this week. Go ahead, Burge. It's on you, brother. Who's going to run the ball uh, out of the backfield for the 49ers this week? That's McKinnon, what I right? Know. I think uh, they're expecting. Hasty uh, Wilson, I think, should be back. They're hopeful Tevin Coleman will be back this week. Oof. I mean, I. The the offense versus the Patriots defense. I like I like the Patriots defense in that matchup just because a coaching they're going to scheme up the defense a full week of practice they'll be able to scheme up to take away um, you know the best options. I w- I would love to see the the Patriots put Jonathan Jones on on Kittle in a matchup um, with safety help and then you know you throw Gilmore on either Samuel or Ayuk. Whoever you um, whoever you feel is going to be a bigger part of that game plan. I mean, they're both tremendous athletes. Yeah. I think I think uh, they're going to stick Samuel. I'm sorry, they're going to stick Gilmore on Samuel, and because Ayuk is too fast for for Gilmore. And in the past, when when you know we'd play the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, they would always bracket Tyree Kill because you know mm-hmm. uh, Stephon Gilmore just couldn't keep up with the speed of of, uh, of uh, Tyree Kill. So I think same same thing for Brandon Ayuk. Yeah. So I I, I think that's I think that's uh, that's a good assessment. Um, 
I, you know, the the running game. I mean, I'm not I, I'm not confident Coleman's gonna be back. Everything I saw today, you know, I was doing some homework for my for my fantasy team, trying to see who I could pick up to plug in for bye weeks, and uh, everything I saw was that Hasty and McKinnon are gonna be the two that they're gonna play this week out of the backfield for the 49ers. Um, I don't like that for 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 the 49ers' sake. I mean, I'm picking them up just to you know kind of hope I can hit something on them. But, you know, I don't like that for them. You know, Bill knows Jimmy G, mm-hmm. you know, pretty well. <laughs> um, and then, of course, Kyle Shanahan is, you know, the king of blowing leads. Well, so <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I, I, I think I'm leaning towards your leaning as well, because I do believe this Patriots defense is going to be the reason why I win this game. Right. I, I do believe going in, Belichick is going to take away what, what you do best and what the 49ers do best is run the ball. And he's going to make sure he just takes that away. Now, will Kyle Shanahan be able to be creative enough to still run the ball? That's a different story. But let's do say that Belichick does take the, the run attack away and he forces Jimmy Garoppolo throw the football and makes Jimmy Garoppolo to beat you. Like, can he do that? I'm not sure. I, I do believe that he's going to be playing into our strong suit, which is our secondary, right? That if mm-hmm. we had to agree on on our defense and how we stack up in the defense, our secondary is king. And I believe that's where the game is going to be won or lost is Jimmy Garoppolo making those throws in tight man-to-man windows. And I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo has it in him um, to make those throws. And that's why I have the Patriots win this game. But I, I do think it's going to come down to the to the defense versus the uh, San Francisco 49ers offense. You know, based on what what you and I were talking on 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 Sunday and you know yesterday, I'm not as confident as you are that they're going to be able to figure this out. Just yeah, whatever your offense. whatever drugs you're doing, Jay. About one hundred percent, one hundred percent. We're winning this game. Belichick will not lose two games in a row. You know, in Bill, we trust. Put your mortgage on. Take it to the bank. All right, I'm saying it right now. Take it to the bank. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> But yeah, to to recap this game, uh, if you are a fantasy aficionado like the three of us and dabbled in DFS, daily fantasy sports, uh, a dart throw in this game, if they're going to be spending all of their time on Debo Samuel and Brendan Ayuk, it might be Kendrick Bourne. Uh, he had a little bit of a connection going with Jimmy G uh, in the game last week against the Rams, and he's going to have to throw it to somebody. Uh, so I think Kendrick Bourne could possibly find his way, fall his, fall his way into an end zone and, and get a touchdown for you. Okay, cool. Um, I think we've made our picks for this uh, for this game. I, I still say I am going to take every bit of money out of my 401k, take okay, every guy. bit of money I have on my credit cards. I'm going to go to New Jersey and put this on the Patriots winning. That's how much I say take it to the bank, all right? <laughs> yeah, about it's that. you, not me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In the words of Burge, I'm not using. You're not betting your wallet. I'm betting your- <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next game. The Carolina Panthers at three and three, coming off a loss against the Chicago Bears, against the three and two New Orleans Saints, who are coming off of a bye. Brennan, who do you like for this game, sir? So we're expecting, as long as you know Michael Thomas plays nice with others and isn't dogging a coaching staff. Uh, for Michael Thomas to come back, we'll see how this offense looks once uh, Drew Brees gets his top weapon back. Um, I, oh God, I like New Orleans in this game, but I like Carolina to cover the seven and a half points. Um, the only reason why I'm a little gun shy picking Carolina to win outright, uh, their defense is their secondary is still still bad. It's not the greatest, and even with this. You know this Michael Thomas, and then maybe a couple of people from the practice squad, and uh, and and Traquan Smith. 
Uh, really, it's it's just Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara, but they line them up wide and they'll 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 just feast on the secondary. Uh, Christian McCaffrey is going to miss this game. He might be back in time for the Thursday night matchup against Atlanta. Um, I, I just I think this is going to po- possibly be a shootout and. Teddy Bridgewater has expanded the field a little bit with Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson is the clear-cut number one in this offense, but I just think there's a little bit more continuity, and I'm expecting a little bit of a bigger game from Drew Brees and Michael Thomas in this once MT comes back. So give me New Orleans, but give me Carolina to cover the 7.5. Yeah, and I think that's where I kind of lean as well. I think New Orleans is going to win this game. I think the only way I could have maybe talked my way into the Panthers winning this game is the fact that maybe if uh, Christian McCaffrey came back, but obviously it looks like he's not going to come back, and the fact that the New Orleans Saints um, defense can be had. I mean, you can definitely throw on that defense. I mean, we've seen it for the first four or five weeks. Um, you can move the ball fairly easily against the, uh, the New Orleans Saints defense. But unfortunately, I just don't believe in Terry Bridgewater. I mean, the guy had a pretty horrid day. He had 216 yards of offense and a 34.1 QBR with two INTs against the Chicago Bears. Now, granted, the Chicago Bears defense is legit, um, but I, I just don't have any faith. And I do believe Nick Foles is playing at a... Um, not a great level, but he's definitely giving them a steady hand at quarterback. I mean, he ended up with a 77 QBR on, on Sunday, 198 yards, um, looked decent for the most part. Um, but keep an eye out for for the Chicago Bears, maybe, uh, I'm sorry, for the New Orleans Saints for blowing out the, the Panthers. I think this could get ugly. Um, this could be maybe a 10 to 14 point win. So it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. But the, I got the Saints all the way. Uh, I'm with you guys both. I'm I'm with the uh, with the Saints in this one. You know, but getting Michael Thomas back is huge for that offense, and I think it's going to be huge for Drew Brees. Um, obviously, there's been a lot of talk about him, uh, you know, seeing a, uh, you know, him taking a step back this year with his arm strength and everything. And I think having Michael Thomas back changes that. You know, not doesn't give him his arm strength back, but you know, it gives him his, his you know, his binky back. You know, he's he 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 targets Michael Thomas so much. And, you know, you, you put him back in the offense with Alvin Kamara. I, I like I like the Saints to win this, too. I think, you know, they could find their groove and, and it could get ugly as well. So I, I'm, I'm taking the Saints all the way. Cool. Next up, a battle of the undefeateds. We've got the uh, Tennessee Titans at, was it 5-0? and uh, Going up to take yeah. on the 5-0 and or 6-0. and Now I believe it's the 5-0 Steelers as well. Um, but yeah, this is going to be an epic matchup, man. I, I think both teams, you're going to learn a lot about who they are. Um, you know, there's been a little bit of, uh, you know, we really don't know who the Steelers are because they play some sub-bar competition, but they're coming off of a 38-7 throttling of the Browns, man. And, and that defense is legit, man. Like, I, I was trying to think about this the other day, and I do believe this defense is probably the best defense in the NFL. I mean, you've got people like you got Bush and Dupree and Hayward, and they're going to cause all kinds of havoc. Now, the question is, can they shut down Derrick Henry, who is just insane, man? Like, I don't know what else to say about this guy. Did you know Next Gen Stats actually had him running faster than Lamar Jackson on one of his touchdown runs? <laughs> wow, He's I did not like know that. House. Like it, it was, it was by a little bit. It was by like .02 over Lamar Jackson. But this dude was fucking flying at like 240 pounds, and I do not want that coming at me. So the real question is, can that defense shut down the Tennessee Titans? Uh, I'm sorry, the Tennessee Titans run attack and Derrick Henry, and I don't think the, Seattle, uh, the Steelers defense will be able to do that. I think uh, the, uh, Derrick Henry will have his way, and when, when that happens, and obviously everything opens up for Ryan Tannehill and that offense, I believe A.J. Brown is probably going to have a couple of touchdowns as well if you guys have him on fantasy, start him. Give me the Titans here in probably a close one, but I'm probably leaning like 27-24 Titans. 
Yeah, uh, Broge, you got this one. Um, you know, I kind of share. I kind of share where you're coming from, Jay. I, you know, I think we're going to learn a lot about both of these teams. I, I would call it the game of the week. Mm-hmm. You know, you see these two undefeated teams going up against it. Um, you know, Ryan Tannehill is uh, his continues to surprise me. Um, he obviously we you and I talked again, you know, off there about who I should start at quarterback in my fantasy team, and I'm lucky I went with uh, Ryan Tannehill last week. He went off. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, <laughs> I also had Derrick Henry go off, so. That, that that's a good thing <laughs> but you know the, te- the the Steelers defense is I think legit you know you, you had you had Minka Fitzpatrick that trade last year for the first round pick with the Dolphins mm-hmm. a lot of people yeah, criticize right. that trade for the Steelers when they were having such a down year last year without Big Ben and it's paying off he had that nice pick six off Baker Mayfield this past week and they pretty much for me called the Browns pretenders at mm-hmm. this point yep. you know they finally faced some real competition and Boy, did they uh, did they um, fall off the off the wagon there? You know, Baker Mayfield getting benched, all that. I like I like the Titans here. Um, I think the spread last I saw was minus two for the Steelers. I, I I'm, yep. I'm going Titans all the way, all the way. Yeah, I am. Uh, I, I'm with you guys here. I'm going with the Titans. The spread is still at two points. I wouldn't be surprised if this got bet down to a point and a half. Um, the, the total is going to be 51, uh, actually the total is 51 and a half. It actually just went up half a point. Uh, but I, I like Tennessee in this game. Uh, Derrick Henry is the engine that drives this offense. Uh, the Steelers are good at stopping the run. I think that's kind of what started the, the beginning of the end for the Cleveland Browns last week. Um, but they haven't had to tackle a, uh, a brick shit house, uh, with legs with like four, four speed. Um, so I, I like Derrick Henry in this game. The one concern that I do have on the Tennessee Titans side of the football is Taylor Lewan is done for the year with yep. an ACL tear. Mm-hmm. And as soon as Lewan went out, they moved J.J. Watt over to the other side of the line. And J.J. Watt ate that kid's lunch. And I think Bud Dupree is going to line up on that side. I believe it's the right side of the line where Lewan plays. And uh, I hope that kid gets a little bit more reps in practice because he's going to have his hands full with Bud Dupree. Uh, I think uh, Brian Dable, he's going to have to call quick quick plays for Ryan Tannehill in this game. Uh, but I do like Tennessee in this uh, in this matchup. And man, I wish this thing could have gotten flexed to like the mm-hmm. eight o'clock game. Mm-hmm. That would have been sick. No, no, no. <laughs> we're good with the eight o'clock game. We've got the Buccaneers playing the Raiders on on uh, eight o'clock, and we're fine with that, bro. Yeah, I'm just saying, man. <laughs> Battle of the undefeated. Give me, give me this. Give me Listen, this all it's day. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a great Sunday for me because I get three great games in all three of the windows that I want these games to be in. Because I'll have the one o'clock games, which I'll have this game and a bunch of really great ones. So I'll have red zone going and this game. Mm-hmm. Four twenty-five, I got the Patriots and the 49ers. and then at eight twenty, I got the the Buccaneers and Raiders. So I, I'm happy throughout the whole day, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, a question for you guys before we move off this. Is this the end of Baker Mayfield? Um, That benching was, yes, I understand they covered it up with the fact that he was hurt. But if he was healthy enough to start, then it makes you kind of wonder why that benching happened. So what's your thoughts on Baker Mayfield? Because I truly believe at this point he is is the one that's holding that Cleveland Browns team back. I mean, the guy was playing with cracked ribs and the game was already over at that point. Like, you, you know, you kind of have to live to see another day. You know, they're going up against the, the Bengals this week. Which yeah, but why not let him support- finish it out then, right? Or, or why why even start him at that point? I think that was I think that was done deliberately to send a message, man. 
what bench him or just throw him out there? Well, at the bench time, him. like I mean, oh yeah, I mean, I hope I if if you have cracked ribs and he looked visibly uncomfortable at the start of the game, like he had a hard time breathing after every hit and. You know, I actually applaud him to be able to start that game and play as much as he did with, let's face it, cracked ribs, and he probably has a few broken ones at this point. Like, I, I'm i not ready to write his obituary yet. They, they're they a pretender team. They have way more going on than Baker Mayfield on Sunday. Uh, that offensive line really didn't give him a whole lot of protection, obviously. Um, if... If it's the same deal against the Cincinnati Bengals, which I don't even know if Geno Atkins is starting yet on that defensive line, uh, then I would start penning the obituary for Baker Mayfield in Cleveland. But I'm not reading this more than uh, homeboy had cracked ribs and could barely breathe the entire game. Okay. All right. How about I'm, you, I'm with you. I'm with you. If, if if this comes up again next week against the Bengals, then then you can you can start penning that obituary. And, and you know, a little side note here. Remember uh, a few years ago when Baker was in the draft, how how there was talks about how the Patriots wanted to trade up to get him. You remember that? Uh, mm-hmm. It's been a while. Yep. Yeah. McDaniel's wanted him. Really? Wow. And, interesting. And if McDaniel's is supposedly the next guy in New England, could you see if the uh, if the Cleveland Browns move on? Maybe he. Uh, he comes over here to New England to uh, to play some quarterback? Well, listen, a lot of that is up in the air, man. I mean, at the end of the day, I, I'm not the biggest fan of McDaniel's judgment. I mean, this is the guy that drafted Tim <laughs> Tebow in the first round. So, I'm I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, maybe, maybe not. But I wouldn't be happy if we got, you know, Baker Mayfield in New England. You know, I, I think he's like a step above him and Andy Dalton, and I wouldn't have mm-hmm. been happy when he came over. So, like, I don't I, know. I, I'm, not, I'm not a fan of that. I mean, it is what it is, I guess. I think Baker Mayfield is is a good is a good quarterback. I just don't think he's he's going to be the guy to take the Browns to the next level. Let's, yeah. I've kind of felt that way about him for a while now. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the uh, four and two Cardinals coming off a win against the Cowboys against the undefeated Seahawks. Um, the Cow the Cardinals won thirty eight ten last night on Monday Night Football against the Cowboys. Um, Interesting stat line here. <laughs> Kyler Murray had an 82 QBR, but he only completed nine passes for 188 yards, right? <laughs> so I, I've been looking at the Cardinals, and I don't think they're a good team. Well, let me back up. I think we'll learn a lot about who the Cardinals are this week because so far they've been the Washington Redskins, the Lions. They got beat by the Panthers. They beat the Jets, and then they beat the Cowboys. And a lot of those teams are not that good, right? I do believe last night with him only completing nine passes was a better better team they're playing against. It could have been ugly. So I think we'll learn a lot about the Cardinals this week against the Seahawks. Um, obviously, the Seahawks aren't by this week. Don't have much to analyze there. But the Seahawks are playing great. Russell Wilson is playing out of his mind. He's, in my opinion, the uh, front runner for the MVP. His stats are, are just off the chart, man. Um, there is some. There is going to be an issue with those wide receivers for the Cardinals going up against that uh, secondary. Uh, I think that defense for the for the Seahawks is not that good and can be thrown on. Um, so that could be an advantage for uh, for Kyler Murray. But at the end of the day. Going up to the Seahawks land, I'm not going to choose uh, Russell Wilson over. I'm not going to choose uh, uh, Kyler Murray over Russell Wilson. Give me Russell Wilson and the Seahawks, probably like a 31 to 25. 25, huh? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, yeah, I, I'm going the opposite way. I think this was kind of the get right game for the uh, the Arizona Car- Cardinals offense. They, they haven't really been able to get Kenyon Drake going. Uh, Chase Edmonds was cut into his production a lot, but this was kind of the, uh, the coming out party for Kenyon Drake. This was the Kenyon Drake that we knew and loved last year after the trade uh, from the Dolphins over to Arizona. 
And uh, it's what a lot of fan- fantasy managers were expecting from Kenyon Drake all season was productions like this. Uh, me being a Kenyon Drake manager at this point. But fantasy football, fantasy football aside, um, I think this is going to be uh, this is going to be a close game. Vegas is calling this. Uh, I think it's an over fifty total. Uh, no, fifty six and a half. I mean, this again, this let Russell Wilson cook theme is really just uh, a polite way of saying our defense sucks and we have to throw ourselves into football games. Uh, this secondary can't stop a whole lot of people. I don't even know if. Uh, Jamal Adams is going to be back in time uh, from his groin injury, uh, and he's a, a liability in coverage to begin with. We saw that in the New England game. Uh, you know, they're really t- trying to get the, uh, Andy Isabella going, stretching the field. Christian Kirk went off last night for you, Burge. Um, and I think you're going to see a little bit more of a vertical attack uh, going forward to take advantage of the secondary. And on the defensive side of the football, too, uh, Buda Baker got his first interception. He was flying all over the field yesterday. I think he had uh, one sack, uh, a forced fumble, uh, and he was just obliterating that line for Dallas, I think think he could have a little bit more uh, success against the Seattle Seahawks in this game. Uh, give me the Seahawks uh, at three and a half under uh, point underdogs. I mean, the, the Cardinals of, rather. I'm kind of going your way too. I think, um, I think this might be finally the week that uh, the Seahawks lose their first game of the year. Um, Kyler Murray. Yes. He completed nine passes, but he made the most out of those nine passes. And, the running game of the Cardinals has, it seems to have woken up and I'm a huge fan uh, and believer in Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds uh, in that backfield. And then obviously you throw out DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk, like you said, getting into Isabella going, they still have Larry Fitzgerald who catches everything thrown his way. Um, I, I just, I like the Cardinals to finally prove themselves this week. I've been, I was high on them at the beginning of the year um, mm-hmm. I, you know, just seeing, you know, they, they've won, they put some games together again against subpar competition, but I like the, this to be their coming out party for, uh, for them in that division. Okay. All right. Uh, let's move on to the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers traveling to the Las Vegas, Las Vegas Raiders. Um, let's start with the Raiders. We talked about the Buccaneers for quite a bit in the uh, takeaway section. So don't have to re- rehash all of that. But essentially, the Buccaneers, man, they're three and two, and, and they're a damn good football team, man. I think what Mayock and Gruden have done building this thing from the studs has been impressive, man. So far, they have been the most tested team in the NFL. In my eyes, they beat the Panthers in Week One. They lost to this. They one of the Saints in Week Two. They went into New England, lost to the Patriots. They uh, played the Bills and lost to them as well. And then they finally just beat the Kansas City Chiefs in a big forty to thirty to win where Derek Carr looked damn good he was actually mm-hmm. looking downfield I wonder how happy that made Puma when he was looking downfield past 10 yards right I thought people <laughs> I thought somebody kidnapped him I literally said to Tara at work I was like who is who is this guy and where is Derek Carr yeah. like like stretch the field dropping bombs I think it was like three for four for passes past 20 yards against the Chiefs game for 75 yards and a touchdown uh, two touchdowns, rather, and it blew my friggin' mind. Yeah, he, he ended up with 347 yards, three touchdowns, and a 91 QBR outdueling the 73 QBR from Patrick Mahomes. And furthermore, the reason why he was looking downfield is because he finally is starting to get on the same page as Ruggs, man. Ruggs ended up with 118 yards and a touchdown, and the guy was just absolutely stretching the field. Um, I think this is going to be a very interesting matchup against the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers are ascending. They're getting better week by week, rep by rep. They're becoming 
becoming a team. And I do think that defense is going to cause havoc for Derek Carr. Um, I can see the secondary being a little bit of a soft spot um, where the Raiders can attack. Uh, I do believe Henry Ruggs is probably going to have a long touchdown throw. Um, but at the end of the day, I just can't pick against Tom Brady. It's uh, it's like religion for me. So give me Tom <laughs> Brady and the Buccaneers winning against winning on the road against the Raiders, going to five and two, probably in the realm of like a thirty five to twenty seven. All right, Birch, who's your dog in this fight? You, ha- you have it a uh, pretty big shootout there. Yes, I do. <laughs> um, you know, you you touched on Henry Ruggs, and now he's healthy. You know, he looked really good last week. Derek Carr finally getting on the same page as him. You know, I like I like Josh Jacobs a lot out of the backfield for them. I mean, he's a he's a great running back. I have him in fantasy, so I'm a little biased on that. But <laughs> you know, you know, I this this is a, this was a tough one for me. I you know I I share your your mantra about picking against Tom Brady. I think that you know we we saw the Buccaneers like we talked about right the ship a little bit this week with the the discipline and all that. I, I, I still can't really respect Bruce Arians as a head coach and his discipline. I just think something is going to happen mm-hmm. in that game that is going to is going to you know kind of throw it all up in uh, all up in the air for them. Um, this is a tough one for me. I you know I, I, I gotta pick I gotta pick the Raiders in a, in a close one, probably 31 28. I'm glad I'm not the only one going off reservation. And Burge, well, I'm going to give you. Of course, we know you, you're going off the reservation, Brandon. I'm giving. I'm going to give you insight on what that thing that's going to throw everything up in the air with the penalty and the wheels are going to fall off the bus. Jonathan Abram is going to push Mike Evans's buttons, and Mike Evans is going to throw hands. Like I'm, I'm <laughs> calling it right now. Jonathan Abram, it takes no shit off of nobody. Uh, he does not give a damn who you are or what you've done. Uh, he he is like the Joey Porter of safeties right now in the NFL. <laughs> um, I like I like the Raiders in this matchup. I, I liked what I saw going uh, going on in the in the in the uh, the Chiefs game. It, it looked like Derek Carr kind of trusted his arm a little bit more, and I haven't seen that since uh, what was it two or three years ago when he was a dark horse MVP candidate until he broke his leg. Um, it's good to see him stretch the field. I, I love Darren Waller as a tight end. I think he's you know, low-key, the third-best tight end in the NFL right now. Um, this defense is sneaky good. Max Crosby coming off the edge. I think he could uh, kind of work his way through the offensive line and get after Brady a few times. And, you know, let's also be honest. Like, Las Vegas, the strip is open. Like, the, this this is going to be a, a go-to destination for a lot of players that have never played in Las Vegas before. And I think this could play to their advantage. A couple of players might be having a little bit of a hangover the following day. Maybe Tom Brady goes to the avocado ice cream buffet at the Golden Nugget, gets a little ice cream <laughs> wasted, and you know he can't handle uh, he can't handle the avocado ice cream too well, and he's hungover. Oh I, I just, what does I, that just mean? I like that makes no sense. I like I like the Raiders in this matchup as two and a half point underdogs. Uh, this is slated to be a shootout. It's a fifty three and a half point total. I kind of like the over in this game, uh, but give me all the Raiders this week. All right, uh, all right. Final game of the week: Monday Night Football: Bears versus Rams. Uh, Puma, I'll let you lead on this one, sir. God, uh, remember last week when you asked me, Jay, if I was concerned that they just steamrolled competition in the NFC East? Yep. And I was like, nah, man, I think it'll be yep. fine. Yep. Yeah. Man, yep. a bunch of L's for me, a bunch of L's for me last week. That, the Browns covering the points, Dallas doing Dallas things. Um, I Jesus, 
I don't even know where to begin, dude. Like, I don't like either team. Yep. <laughs> like, I, I really don't. I wish they could have flexed the Steelers-Titans game to Monday Night Football or have that be a doubleheader. Um, I mean, gun to head, and I'm holding my nose while saying this, I guess give me the Bears? Yeah. Like, I just, <laughs> I like their defense more. I think their defense as a whole will trump just Aaron Donald on the Rams. I, I just I, I like Khalil Mack and and the secondary isn't any slouches and uh, I think Nick Foles is, is going to do enough to not cost this team the game. Um, I I can see a strip sack for, uh, or a fumble recovery uh, being the reason why the Chicago Bears squeak out and win this game in, in Los Angeles. Listen, I, I'm kind of in that same boat with you as well. And, and I do have concerns about this Rams team, man. And, and, you know, when I was asking that question, you know, I I do believe that the Rams can't – I, I will learn a lot about the Rams probably this week because uh, the Bears, I do believe, have a good, uh, good defense. Um, but the fact that they've only beaten NFC East competition is a red flag for me. Uh, Jared Goff didn't look as good against the 49ers as he did uh, a few weeks ago. Um, there's been shades of the old Jared Goff and the old Sean McVay offense this year, but then again, they've played some crap teams, so maybe it's easier to play well against those teams. I don't know. On the other hand, the Bears, man, they also are in the same boat a little bit. I mean, they've beat some fairly bad competition so far as well. They've beaten the Lions week win, uh, week one, week two, they beat the Bears, uh, I'm sorry, the Giants, uh, week three, they beat the, the Falcons, week for the loss to the Colts, which is a good team. They had the one good win against the Buccaneers, but I do still believe the Buccaneers shot themselves in the foot with all those penalties and all kinds of fucking issues, and they finally beat the Panthers. So I don't know much about the Bears yet either. I think this could be a good game, a good litmus test for both teams. Um, if I had to pick one, I think I'm leaning Rams just because, you know, of Sean McVay and, and who he is as a coach. I, I have more trust in him over Nagy. So give me Sean McVay and, and, and the Rams for this one. Vegas is calling a low total, too. I think they're expecting more of a defensive matchup. This is a 45-and-a-half total in the game. Wow. I, I would not be surprised if the under hit at 45-and-a-half. Yeah. I'm with you. And uh, it, this is going to be, you know, we're going to find out a lot, of, I think, about both teams in this matchup. Um, I've been kind of wishy-washy about the Bears all season. Um, I, I've kept a little bit of faith in them because of that defense. Cleo Mack, you know, Roqu- I'm a big fan of Roquan Smith. I know Dude, he didn't look he, good. He is the definition of a Chicago Bear linebacker. He, he, I wish he was on the Patriots, man. And, you know, that defense, Goff, Jared Goff, he just he just doesn't do it for me. I mean, the one year they went to the Super Bowl, I mean, he had a lot, you know, that supporting cast, you know, Todd Gurley, you know, et cetera. I, I you know I I can't I can't bring myself to you know to buy in on the on the Rams as much as I can buy in on the Bears and then again that's not saying much. I like the Bears in a close one here. Um, I think Nick Nick Foles is the streakiest quarterback. You know he can catch fire at any point and you know, take Nick. off. Well you can call him Big Dick Nick too if you want to, but um, he you know he he looks so bad against the Bucks you know in that game and all of a sudden you know, the, the flip switched and, you know, that, that offense got going and, you know, I, it's hard to, it's hard to pick against them as much as I hate to say it, but I, I, I like the bears here in a, in a, in a close one. Yeah. It, it's definitely like one of those hold your nose and pick a team. And I mean, Nick Foles is like a low rent, poor man's Ryan Fitzpatrick with how streaky mm-hmm. he is as a quarterback. And I, I mean, I, I guess if the bears handle their business, like, you know, Jay, like you said about the Packers, like despite them looking fraudulent, you have to respect the record as a contender. Yeah. 
But I mean, my God, I. Uh, uh. I mean, who is, I'm not ready to call them a contender yet. Who is I'm not ready either. Like that's the thing is like this deep, like the defense and a couple of lucky breaks and the Falcons falconing, like that's why they're here. Mm-hmm. Like that is why yeah. they're at five and one. <laughs> yeah, who was the uh, the famous coach said you are what your record says you are? Was that Bill Parcells, right? Well, regardless. Uh, I think so, and then Dennis Green, yeah. R.I.P., did. They are who we thought they were. Yeah, listen. At the end of the day, man, when your record says you're five and one, <laughs> you've got to give them some respect, especially in the in the NFL. Yeah, it's against some subpar competition, but at five and one, man, you've got you've got to give them their respect. Mm-hmm. So, listen, we'll learn a lot about both teams. But before we close it out, I actually wanted to pitch one last question to Burge, man, and I and I wanted to pitch this during the the Patriots segment, but. Let's say if we do lose this game against the 49ers and we do lose the game after that against the Bills, do we, and that's before the trade deadline, start breaking it down, start trading away Stephon Gilmore for picks and trading away Tooney and start loading up, or do we still see it see it through? Because at <sighs> two more losses, we're going to be, was it, uh, two and five? Two, yeah, two and five, yeah. I mean, they, the writing was already on the wall with Gilmore. They restructured mm-hmm. his contract, yep. so he gets paid a bunch more now, but they could get out of that contract next year. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I don't completely tear it down because, they, you know, especially with, you know, some of the pieces on defense, it's it's hard to, to, to kind of break it down. And to be honest, in a COVID year, I don't know. I honestly don't know what to expect from the trade deadline in terms of, are people going to be buying? Are they going to, you know, less teams on the fringe are going to be willing to to give up long-term assets for, you know, for players, I think, because at any point this COVID could strike their team and then boom, it's over. So I, that, that's, a, that's a tough question, man. I mean, I, I don't want to see them blow it up. I really don't. I really don't want to be, well, I, don't, I, I don't even want to be at the point where we have to actually, you know, legitimately talk well, about listen, it. Well, we, listen, we got to start looking at it, man. This isn't the old Patriots uh, that we grew up with, right, man? This is... And there's a real possibility we could lose to both the 49ers and the Bills, and it could look really horrible. And we're at two and five. And at that point, you gotta look at it realistically and be like, do we start moving some pieces here? And I think we should. I think I think Tooney and Gilmore are gonna fetch you a probably a first and probably a third. And, and at that point, we can start start rebuilding for the future because you know at two and five, we're not making any moves at all. So what's the point of it, right? Who, 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 so you're saying Tooney and Gilmore. Is there anybody else you throw in, uh, up into that group? That I mean, I'm off? sure people will come knocking for Edelman if he's healthy. Um, yeah, he has quite a bit of an issue, and I and I believe the Buccaneers probably will come calling. Tom Brady will probably come calling. But, God. I mean, who else is there? That's the issue besides those two key pieces. Nobody else on our offense is, is, is uh, you know, a valuable trade asset. Like, who wants, you know, a Nikhil Harry or a, or a who else? Like, I don't know, maybe James White. But, I mean, at the end, what McCordy, still have... Devin, one year I deal think, for I a think, team that's that's competing. I think you got to keep McCordy. I think McCordy is the guy that keeps it all together. Devin, um, he I know his play isn't the best, but if you watch him closely, he's the one getting everybody lined up in their spots, and he's the, mm-hmm. the leader on 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 defense. I think he's the one you need to carry over the Patriot way to the younger generation coming in. So I think you keep him, but I think everybody else is tradable on that on that roster. Fair. I mean, I'm 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 in the ballpark of now, and somebody comes calling on Edelman, sign me up. Yeah. Oh, I would I would get out of the Edelman business in a cocaine heartbeat. He's not. He's not. He's not. He's a shell of what he used to be. I mean, you see. I mean, the last two years his drops have gone up 
you know, significantly. I'm I'm in the ballpark. You know, if somebody comes calling on him, even if this team is competing to go into the playoffs, I'm okay moving on from him. And um, you know, you know, going with Harry and Bird and uh, Myers if you have to. Um, but you know, I think it would be best for the long term uh, of the franchise if you can get a you know a decent draft pick for him. Now, again, Jay, let's 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 do the inverse here. They win against the 49ers. What do you want to see them do at the trade deadline? Well, if they win against the 49ers and they win against the the Bills, then there's no bullshit of moral victories, right? Um, I, I think you go out and you try to target a dynamic tight end. I mean, there's Njoku might be on the market. Mm-hmm. Carson Wentz seems like he's not happy in Philadelphia. We need some sort of talent. And, and I don't understand how for... Three years now, essentially, Belichick has neglected to draft, or he's even for three years he has not even touched the tight end position. Like ever since Gronk was over and gone and over the hill, he's just kind of stopped looking for tight ends. A lot of our offense is based out of a good tight end because we run with the we block with the tight ends. We have him go downfield. I'm looking for maybe Njoko or, or, or Zach Ertz. Um, I don't think the Atlanta Falcons are going to be uh, in the in the ballpark of move, moving Julio Jones. I saw this morning on FS1, they were saying that the Odell Beckham Jr. rumblings are rumbling again. I don't know what the hell that means, but I, I would go after a tight end over a high-priced wide receiver right now. Absolutely. Right. I'm, I'm in that ballpark with you. And, and all right, Odell watch 10.0. Like, he's at his lowest point. Like, what is Cleveland going to settle for, like, a fifth round draft pick? At, but Odell's not going anywhere. Hey, I, I'm I mean, just reporting what I heard. Cleveland's still in it at this point. What? I mean, they lose another couple games. Okay, maybe you. you, you yeah, but start... they're running because but they're winning because they're running attack. They're not really winning because of Odell or Jarvis or even Baker, for, for that matter. Sure, but I mean, you still have those guys out there. Mm-hmm. Right, and Nick Chubb's going to be back. They can get back to yeah. a, a play-action-based offense, and with the extra playoff seed this year, I nah, that's that might be a bridge too far for me if if I'm uh, Jimmy Haslam. Uh, I mean, if if we're talking about trading, you know, tradable assets for New England outside of like the big two of Tooney and Gilmore, you know, depending on how Damien Harris pans out, like the next two weeks. Because he's kind of a mixture of Sony Michelle running between the tackles. If Sony Michelle could ever fucking do that, and he could also catch the ball out of the backfield mm-hmm. like James White, like low key move Sony Michelle, just get like a mid round draft pick out of that, and and call it a day. Get out of that business. It's one less mouth to feed in the in the running back room. I, I wouldn't mind seeing that at all if I was a Patriot fan. I'm with you. I'm o- I'm over the Sony Michelle experiment. Oh, yep. I was over him a long time ago. You know, I love um, Damian Harris, man. I love Damian Harris. I want to see them give him, you know, I, I, I don't want to say a bell cow status, but start incorporating him well, more into this. Let me team. ask you a question. We haven't seen much of Damian Harris and he hasn't really wowed us just yet. And I, and I'm getting this, I'm picking up this hint from you that you just love rookies and their potential. Cause you're big on Stidham starting as well, but I haven't seen much out of Damian Harris just yet. And for a matter of fact, he's been hurt quite a bit. He hasn't been on the fields for a year and a half. I mean, I, I wouldn't mind moving off of him if we got something good out of him as well. I mean, I'm not ready to give up on him, though. I mean, he they basically redshirted him last year. I mean, mm-hmm. he wasn't hurt. They basically redshirted him last year. Yeah, he was hurt early on in the, early on this year. But I, I still feel they haven't given him, you know, the, the substantial look that they need to do before they decide, okay, maybe, he, maybe he's not a part of this. I mean, they keep shoving Sony Michelle down our throats. Oh, my God. I can't do that right. anymore. So, 
get him out of here and start shoving Damian Harris down our throats. And then we can, you know, in, you know, end of the season, we can talk about this. If, you know, if he looks like, you know, what Michelle was and he turns into a little bit of a bust, it's hard to call him that because he was a later round draft pick. But, you know, you, you make give, a, give, you, give him to us. You make a good point there because Belichick's always been very cautious with his running backs that he brings in. Yeah, and he, I mean, he did it. He did it with Shane Vereen. He did it with James White. He's doing it with Harris. Like he gives them quite a bit of time before he throws them into the fire. Um, I just, I just don't think we have the time. We don't have the, we can't afford the time to do this bullshit, man. Like we got to have people producing. I mean, you look around the league. I mean, you got star wide receivers producing. You've got Justin Jefferson and all these, oh. you know, these people out there, like a decaf Metcalf last year, that were that was out there producing as well. It's just uh, we need people to be out there immediately, man. It's simple as that, you know. Well, why did we really... draft DK? Uh, right. Trust me. <laughs> just... Trust me. I think about that all the time. But we got to kill Harry. Woo! But just to wrap up on Harris, I think two things. I mean, one, he had lauding reports coming out of training camp, and I honestly think he would have been the, the opening day running back for New England if he mm-hmm. didn't break his finger. Uh, and two, I think at this point. Sony Michelle is what he is. He's done. Like, I think we had a, enough of a snapshot to see what this offense could look like if we had a power running back running between the tackles that could also, you know, moonlight as a receiving running back with Damian Harris. At this point, we've seen enough of Michelle. Uh, it is time to cut bait and, and move on uh, out of that business. Um, before, Jay, let's see, I had something. I had a question for Burge for before we wrap. Uh, Burge, I have to put you, Johnny, on the spot. We were talking offline about fantasy football a little bit. Most leagues, waivers run tonight into tomorrow morning. What would be your go-to waiver wire priority for for you know for for this week, regardless of position, running back, wide receiver, quarterback, whatever? Give us give us your greatest hits. So. I put in a couple of claims this week in my dynasty league. My dynasty league. I don't know how familiar you guys are with how the dynasty format works. It's year-round salary cap. You know, you give contracts to guys. You know, etc. I was big on Travis Fulham for the Philadelphia Eagles wide receiver, who's had a couple of good weeks in a row um, in that decimated receiving core. Um, I'm hoping I can get him. And then another one was Tim Patrick from uh, from Denver. Mm-hmm. He's also putting it together the past couple of weeks. He just did it against a very good secondary in New England. So those are my two go-tos. And then um, in terms of running backs, you know, I put in a claim for um, for Hasty from uh, San Francisco, considering that you know how much they love to run the ball and how decimated their running back room is. Is it going to be Hasty or Jared McKinnon? Well, I mean, if you watched the end of the game last week, I think uh, Hasty was getting more touches than uh, than McKinnon was at the end. All right. I think I did a little bit of research just before we came on. So should I pick up Hasty and drop Mark Ingram because he's done jack shit for me? Uh, I feel I like they're saving necessarily... Ingram. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. I Ingram's established. Hasty's a rookie. Uh, you know, I, Ingram, I think, will, will benefit you further down the road than Hasty will. Um, because, obviously, once Mostert – I mean, I don't know. Is Mostert out for the year? Because I know he just got – No, he's on, on short-term IR. He has to sit okay. out at least three weeks. Okay. So, you know, you have Tevin Coleman. You have Mostert. You have McKinnon there in San Francisco. I would probably lean towards holding on to Ingram at this point. Hmm. Interesting. Thoughts on T. Higgins for the Bengals. Is, is he legit? Do we like him this week against Cleveland? 
I may or may not be asking for my own personal fantasy football lineup. I have a decision to make at the flex position. Asking for a friend. Yeah, asking for a friend. But I don't know. Like, T. Higgins seems to have cut into, Mm -hmm. you know, into production of A.J. Green, which isn't that hard this year. And it seems like he has a a connection with A.J. Burrow, uh, with Joe Burrow, rather. What do you think of Higgins? Who else is in in, uh, Cincinnati besides uh, A.J. Green? You got Tyler Boyd, and that's it? And yeah, Tyler fair. Boyd and Drew Sample, I mean, whoever the tight end is, you get you get maybe some 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 targets out of the backfield to um, to Gio Bernard, who's still sticking around in the passing game for them. You know, I I like T Higgins. I, I, he's been a nice surprise this year. I was kind of down on him in my rookie draft this year. I didn't really uh, didn't really want to target him as as one of my selections, but he's been a nice surprise. Yeah. I mean, against the Browns. I mean, you mean the Steelers just put up a bunch of points against them. Who knows? Yep. Gonna roll the dice. Roll the dice. Yeah. T. Higgins, baby. Let's go. Yeah, Fantasy cause... football is an absolute crapshoot. Yeah, oh my God, yes. Well, I think I think T. Higgins is somebody you should definitely kind of um, target because AJ Green has has fallen out fast, man. After that last week where he was caught on TV, not even trying. I mean, essentially mm-hmm. just walking and jogging. He made a business decision. Oh my God! Like I do think <laughs> exactly. he might be on the on the outs, man. I mean, you've got what John Ross, Tyler Boyd in that uh, in that receiver core with with T. Higgins. I mean, listen, I I got Joe Mixon on my team for fantasy, and he's he's been up and down as well. A couple of good weeks, mm-hmm. couple of bad weeks. So I don't know. It's a fucking crapshoot with fantasy man yeah and speaking of uh john ross this news flew under the radar today he requested a trade so he did it's also it's also the Bengals. it's it's paul brown Mm. um he he doesn't he doesn't do any trades or anything so good luck but yeah you got a malcontent over there all right cool anything else you want to get to before we plug it up adam jones is trash (laughs) you want to get into that as well <laughs> no nah, nah, i don't really need to get into that i mean he was making some decent points tonight i just ah. every every time you have me on i'm just going to finish out with saying that because i hate yeah, that i hate that fine. guy so much listen you are the senior nfl contributor of the pro football radio podcast i mean you who's adam jones compared to you okay <laughs> exactly <laughs> Hey, my 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 beef with Adam Jones goes beyond football, so it's 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 pretty deep. It's pretty deep seated. Okay, all right. Um, you want to plug it up, sir, Puma? Yeah, yeah. So this episode and previous episodes of the Pro Football Radio podcast can be found on SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, Google Podcast, uh, Stitcher, and YouTube. Uh, we should be able to have that up. We were kind of in flux last week, and and Jay's computer. Crap the bed, but we seem to be good to go. Uh, so that should be up this week. Um, social media, Facebook, Instagram, Pro Football Radio Podcast, Twitter at PFR Podcast. I'm on the Twitter machine, Brando underscore Puma. Jay Chima's at Jay Chima. Burge, where can the good people find you one more time? At Burge the Goalie. Yes. It's a good follow. Burge was coming in hot during the Patriots game on Sunday. It got me through the work day. Um, you know, hit us up on social media, hit slide into the DMs. If you got a question you want to talk to us about, uh, you know, Burge, not only is he the uh, senior football contributor of the pod, but he's also one of the, uh, you know, the premier uh, fantasy football insiders as well, too. So any dynasty questions, be sure to hit him up as well. Um, and, and real quick, I, I know I've been slacking on this last plug, but um, hang on, I got I got to hit the echo on this yeah, one. I was like, make sure Freddie hears it. 
Freddy Soliotis, you're fired! I had to move my headphones off because they started ringing really loud, and I'm like, oh, God, that hurts so bad. Yeah, um, I, I had to dig deep. I've been slacking. You know what's pretty bad when Mama Silva calls you out and says, hey, you've been slacking on the shout-outs for Freddy, and it's like, I know, I know, I keep fucking up at the end, but I got I got to hit Freddy up with that one. Awesome. Well, listen, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, Birch, thank you for, for checking in. Puma, as always, bringing the heat. We'll talk to you guys next week. Bye, Contio!